This is E-Retailer Conversations on PBN, the Profitable Business Network. Now the host of E-Retailer Conversations with Principal of Profits Plus Solutions, here's your host, Tom Shea, and co-host, Bill Kendi. Sounds good. Yep, sounds like us. We're here. So, welcome everybody. Glad you could join us. It's September 17th, 2015. Just in time for your monthly e-retailer conversation, where we're going to uh, have an interesting discussion about something that just keeps changing and changing and affects all of our businesses, and we need to make sure that we're aware of it, and past being aware of it, we need to see what we need to be doing to uh, to change it. So let's take care of the uh, necessaries. This is e-retailer conversation, and uh, we welcome you to be with us. As always, this is a free service provided from Profits Plus. We do this program where we find guests from around the world who are specialists in their niche. And we ask them to come and spend an hour with us so that we could talk about aspects of business that uh, may help each and all of us. As always, we record these sessions. Uh, listening right now and working on this somewhere in the next little bit is uh, our information stud, some people think he's a guru, he's the info stud, his name is Bruce Giroux. Bruce will be taking these recordings and massaging it and putting it in a format so that you can listen to it uh, by download later on or by listening to it on the website. And tonight, as we have added uh, in last month or so, we have the opportunity that uh, you can listen to us by dialing into the number by way of the email that you received or the email that you received had a click on it, a uh, click button there, and it allows you to simply be listening online to the conversation as we are, are broadcasting live. However, if you're going to listen to it after the fact, then you're going to need the MP3 file or you're going to need to uh, just click and listen to it. Uh, during the course of the evening, we are monitoring things such as uh, our Facebook postings and um, the emails that we receive for anyone who is at the last minute got a question that you want to take and pose to our guest. Uh, I think that's it. That's all been said. Okay, so that being said, join us tonight. As always, our co-host coming from Michigan, Mr. Bill Kendi. William, Hello, there? Tom. How are you, guy? Fine, sir. How are you? Good. You know, a, a little bird told me today that uh, since you reside in Florida, that there's a... Uh, that been reported a huge environmental shift uh, down there because some guy down in St. Pete has been cutting a bunch of trees down. You know anything about that? Tom? Oh yeah, yeah. We, are, we um, insurance is such an interesting issue here in Florida. We we pay most of our homeowners insurance for flood for possibilities of hurricanes, and uh, the insurance companies so often show up and inspect and say get those trees away from whatever, cut those branches, clean that stuff out, whatever. So uh, uh, you fight it as long as you can, and then finally one day you God just relent and say, okay, I'll do it. So we've done it. It's uh, it's taken care of. We're well, I, you know, employed I'm by the rule. I was just walking about 430, 334, and suddenly I kind of like felt a little tiny earthquake, and I said to myself, oh, my buddy Tom, he just brought that big oak tree down. So, all right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so who do we have on the way with us tonight, Mr. Shea? Well, we have an interesting topic to talk about. Uh, tell you where this started from a while, Bill. Uh, I read an article that talked about 
what we all know is the growing number of people who utilize smartphones. And they well, use smartphones for... you got to be smart, and I, I don't fit in that category. Well, we are talking smartphones and smart people. That's, that's true. Uh, however, in dealing with the smartphone, we all know yes. about people who have been doing what we call showrooming, that is, walking into a store, looking at merchandise, and hitting a little button such as Amazon's to say, ooh, what's the price of that item someplace else? Uh, we've also discussed and talked about the idea that there's a thing called web rooming, and that is there's a very high percentage of people that love to take and look at something on the Internet and then want to come see a physical store to, to make their purchase. Uh, but the thing that got me was this item that said, if you're sending out a correspondence, such as we send out our e-retailer newsletter or the invitations to tonight or the SBA, small business advisories that we send out to associations every month, that if that email is not put together in a format that is easy to be read on a mobile phone, then three out of, I believe the number was three out of four people who look at it on a smartphone are just going to hit the delete button. Uh, this is the same being true for they're looking at your blog. This is also same true for them being able to look at your website. If we as business owners have not taken and made all of our messaging, electronic messaging, to be smartphone friendly, then there is an increasing number of people who are going to simply drop us off, say goodbye, not have nothing to do with it. They're going to move on. So for that, we're going to take and have the discussion tonight. So um, let's see. A little song first, a uh, couple moments of song to, uh, before we introduce our guest. <laughs> So the concept is, call me. Yes, some people actually use those little devices for telephones. Our guest tonight, sitting out there somewhere in the world joining us, is a friend of both of ours, someone we've known for a long time. He's been a guest on the show once before, and that individual is Carl Stearns. Carl, you there? I am. Thank you for having me, Tom and Bill. And where in the world are you tonight that you're joining us? I'm in the beautiful Pocono Mountains, about... 80 or 90 miles from New York City, about 1,500 feet elevation, and despite all the problems they've had in the weather, just east of me in New Jersey and Long Island, where they basically have had drought and everything is burned to a crisp, we are green and verdant here. It's beautiful, and it's been a beautiful end of the summer for us. So, so Carl, are you celebrating your second honeymoon? No, but you know, funny thing about that, I came out here on my first anniversary to one of yeah. the Pocono honeymoon resorts with my wife, and I I drove around for a while, and I said to her, I don't ever want to live in a place like this. It was just too dull. And after we bought our house, we were driving down a back road, and I came out to a main road, and sitting right in front of me, four miles from where I live, is the resort we stayed in. So... 
I ended up living where I said I never wanted to. And I, at this point, I don't think I'd ever change it. I love it here. <laughs> and same wife for a lot of years. Yes, she's put up with me. Uh, October will be 42 years. Oh, my God. You and me are, like, pretty close. Yeah. Yeah, so you guys got married when you were, like, nine. Okay, so our discussion tonight is is the issue that's of great importance to all of us. I mean, and it's not like, ooh, I think it's important to us. It's realistically, this is forced on you. I mean, for lack of a better word, this is forced on every small business owner who in any shape, form, or fashion wants to communicate electronically with any of their customers. Is that kind of a safe summary of it? That is uh, a bit of an understatement, and I'll tell you why. In April, Google changed some of their methods for ranking websites for search engines. And this actually is what touched off this whole, this whole uh, difficulty and challenge that we all have now. Because in April, Google decided as part of their criteria that if your website was not mobile responsive, that's an important term, if your website was not mobile responsive, then basically you don't exist anymore on the Internet. Now, what does mobile responsive mean? What mobile responsive means is that your website will display properly on any electronic device. So if you're looking at your website on a desktop computer with a great big monitor and you look at it and say, oh, that's great, everything's there, it's fine. But if you take out your smartphone and you look at your website and all of a sudden you can't see anything because you have to scroll back and forth and up and down, then your mobile, uh, your website is not mobile responsive. A mobile responsive website will automatically resize itself to the screen Whoa. that it's being viewed on. And what it also does is that some of the components of that website will change so that it's not the website that you see on your desktop monitor, but it actually becomes a, a different-looking website that's actually usable by a mobile device or a tablet. And that's not, that's not as impossible as it sounds because many people have mobile responsive websites and it's built into the coding of the site. But if you have a website that is pretty much more than two or three years old, uh, and hasn't been changed in the last two or three years, then it probably is not, uh, most likely is not mobile responsive. So you've got a big problem, first of all, because Google will, will basically toss you aside so that you won't be found uh, in search engine rankings. But the other part of it is the annoyance factor, and that is the problem when you're looking at these uh, mobile devices and you can't see the information that you're trying to find on a website because it's not resizing for the tablet or the smartphone that you're using. So I guess that's kind of a long explanation, but it's an important one because it, it is going to have a critical effect on people who are relying on uh, electronic communication. And let's just, I mean... Let's face it, uh, we have to accept the fact that whether we like it or not, this really is the way that businesses are being reached and information is being shared now. So it's true. I mean, your story, as you just told it, um, 
was such that with our website, the ProfitsPlus.org website, which is, I think those who have visited know that it is one huge, huge website. Uh, we decided three years ago that we were going to rebuild it. It took us a year to reconstruct every single page and not see <coughs> this coming. Ours was, we just rebuilt the website, making it a little cooler, a little more modern, and put it up two years ago, uh, 4th of July weekend. And exactly what you are saying, uh, we were caught uh, earlier this year. As Google said, this is what's coming. I forgot what the date was. They were flipping the switch on it. But we were not going to be ready. We had an awesome-looking website, but like many people, did not anticipate the growing number of smartphones, and therefore you could see parts of ours, but you couldn't see all of it. We've solved it since then. We found a very what we think is a very appropriate solution to it, and now we have apparently retained all of our uh, rankings with Google that it's it likes our site still and says, sure, go, go see what Shay's got up there. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I did want to ask you about that, Tom, because in our conversation uh, prior to this call tonight, you mentioned that there is a service that people can subscribe to that will will actually put code in their website to make right. it mobile responsive. Uh, yeah, we, we found a couple, uh, of which I can only remember the one that we took, uh, but our solution was... Um, and, and it required two steps from our because what is a, a challenge in our situation is all the calculators because some of them are got lots of stuff behind them that people don't see to make them work right. Um, we utilize a service called Be Mobilized, and, it, and their website is the letter B, okay, just the letter B, not B-E, but the letter B, Mobilized, M-O-B-I-L-I-Z-E-D.com, and you buy their service for somewhere less than a hundred dollars, and you are you receive uh, this code, and you take the code, and um, most of us in building our websites are built on templates, at, at least one if not more templates, and this is the model for each of your pages. This is why good websites all retain a certain look. Like if you go to the Profits Plus, there's something, it's the same thing at the top of every single page. It's what's down the left side. It's the same thing on every page and at the bottom. It maintains a consistency to make it easy for people to look around. So on all of our templates, we go in and we add this little bit of of code. Now, not me, okay? Bruce, the info stud, did the actual work to it. But other than it was an hour of his time for inserting it, it was $100. Now, what may get more complex was when you get to the idea of you got something funky like we've got with all the calculators, it required some more tinkering with it, and I think we paid something like $275 for them to go back in and make some more adjustments to our calculator pages to make them friendly. So we look at it and say $375 we're we're done and we're fixed and uh, did not have to spend a year rebuilding it all over again. So uh, I'll give at this point, a, from our short time with them, an endorsement that says we were pleased with what happened by our using bemobilized.com. Okay, well, yeah. Carl, and Tom, Carl and Tom, what you guys are saying then is that 
a person doesn't have to look and go, oh, start tearing their hair out or what little left of it I have and say I've got to completely redo my website. There are fixes that can make it compliant so that you don't get lost or eliminated from the pecking order from, like, Google and Yahoo and all that, right? That's that right correct. Now? That's correct. Uh, there is something that I wanted to add to that, and this this is, it's not just aesthetics, but what yeah. business people need to understand is that websites have a life cycle. They have a useful life, and designs of websites change. You can mm-hmm. see that occurring every three to five years where the style of websites is much different. If you can think back, there's a, there's a website, I think it's called the Wayback Machine. You can actually put in a URL for a website, and it will show you all of the, the um, metamorphosis of that website over the years that it existed. And if you could find one, go back to what they looked like back in the mid-'90s and compare it to what websites look like today, and they've changed dramatically. And one of the things, uh, especially right now, that is driving change is the mobile device because websites have to be friendly to those mobile devices. And if you look at some websites now, some very modern ones, um, and I'll, I'll throw one out there. It's they're, they're one of my clients and I'm not doing this to promote them, but I just happen to think this is a very good example. It's Cerullo, C-E-R-U-L-L-O.com, Cerullo.com. It's a performance seating company in California. They just went through a website redesign, and you'll see that the website that they're displaying is very typical of what I would call state-of-the-art websites right now. It, It has large graphics on it, very simple blocks of content, and the reason that it's done that way is because those things become very, very visible and well displayed on a mobile device. So that's a typical um, iteration of of a new type of website that if uh, somebody is looking at their website and saying, man, this thing is like growing whiskers, and frankly, anything that's older than three or four years old is probably starting to look aged on the Internet, then it may be time to upgrade it. And the reality is it's not that difficult. You can find somebody to redo a website for you, um, and it, it may cost a couple of thousand dollars, but it's an investment in your business that will really upgrade the appearance of your, your company to the rest of the world. So um, all that being said... Tom has a very, <clears throat> very content-laden website, well, and, and I would and shudder I to think. To you. You know, <laughs> Let's talk about that, because I want to ask you, content is king nowadays, right, Carl? Yes, it is. Um, and Tom is very, very heavy with content. And frankly, if he, if he had to go out and start that website from ground up, I couldn't even imagine how much that would cost. So... He has found a good solution, and, and fortunately, he's kept the design of his website very simple, so that it it doesn't it doesn't uh, it doesn't get a, a dated look. So he can make a few tweaks here and there, add some different graphics, uh, install this this uh, service that he's found, and so his website works, and that's great. That's good for him. 
uh, it may not be the answer for everybody because, frankly, some websites that are out there are just too old and they need to be fixed. And since, since that's the case, then why not just update them to a state-of-the-art mobile responsive website, which is what all website developers are doing today anyway. Well, I think it's time for us to have an update, isn't it, Thomas? Oh, yes, it is. It is that time of evening, time for a, a, a station, what do they say, station break where I identify all the stations on the network. Oh, no, that's just us. We're, we are the station. So uh, our guest tonight is Carl Stearns. Uh, Carl has a company. It's called KMS Marketing Solutions. You can find Carl on the Internet at kmsmarketingsolutions.com, or you can email Carl, which is carl, K-A-R-L-S, at kmsmarketingsolutions.com, or you can give him a call, not right now, but you can call him tomorrow, at 570-595-9011, and that would get you to, to Carl, and he could talk further with you about about all this neat stuff that we are uh, discussing time with that let's take a quick station break this is e-retailer conversations on pbn the profitable business network and so with carl tonight we are first taking a look at the the component of websites and if you're looking to redo your website you do want to take and visit with the person and say so show me how you're making this mobile friendly and i'm suggesting this is compared to asking the question, is my website going to be mobile-friendly? And they go, yeah, oh, yeah, sure. Have them show it to you. And then have them build you something, a test page or two, and put it up there. And then anticipating you have a small a smartphone, not Bill, but the rest of us who, who are on the call tonight, Carl or I, you would get your smartphone and go and, and look at it and say, is this readable? Is everything nice and neat? And as it has buttons on it to click to hit links, are, are, are those going to be functional? Is it easy so that people can use my website on their smartphone to go where they need to go? Is that about it, Carl? It is, but I do have one other suggestion for everybody that's listening. And if they're thinking, well, I wonder if my website is mobile-friendly, Google has very kindly provided a tool called the Google Mobile Analyzer. If you just do a search for it, you'll find the page. You can put in your URL, hit the Analyze button, and in about five seconds, ten seconds, it will come back with a report that tells you whether your website is mobile-friendly. So that's an important first step. Because uh, I don't want anybody to think, okay, I've just got to dump my website and run out and get a new one. Make sure first that it is mobile responsive, that it's mobile friendly. If it is, that's good. Just then take another look at your website and see if it really looks updated enough. If it needs to be refreshed, then get it refreshed. But the most important thing is run it through the analyzer first and find out if it's mobile friendly. And with the things like updates, I, I get to visit an awful lot of websites, and I I think there's a lot of messaging that comes to a customer by what they see on a website. I, I think about one I saw today, and across the bottom it said copyright 2007. And, I, and my thought is, and now you want to talk to me about what you offer, product or service, and your, your copyright says 2007, not 2015. 
Wow. Yes, or, that's, that's a good point, an excellent point, and I, I talk about that in my seminars. You know, if you have a website developer, it's a very simple thing for them to go in and alter the code on that uh, footer in your page so that it displays a current date. Uh, it's important for your protection as well that you keep it copyrighted for the current year, but it also uh, prevents exactly what you just said, Tom, that somebody looked at the website and says, man, this thing hasn't been updated in eight years. I'm going to go shop somewhere else. Now, with regard to updating the website, I, <clears throat> I will speak from personal experience that long ago, far away, when we first started having websites, you would find someone locally who said, I can do your website for you. And there was, to me, a large degree of it, it was snake oil, people selling snake oil. I, I still remember people with a... Yes, I'll, I can change your website for you, and it was $75 a page. And I, it's, well, just look at a website. Now, I do remember the first Profits Plus website when I graphed it out on a piece of paper, and I said, this is going to be great. We'll have the whole Profits Plus website. It's five pages. And then as we built it, I started thinking, nope, got a little more, and we were up to eight. And when the website, and we do go back and look at ours in the Wayback Machine, we looked and said, eight pages will suffice for what we need to do. Well, that we, we have months that we had eight, eight pages, much less a site with eight. A big investment, I don't mean big dollars, but big in what it produced for us that we did uh, was we bought a software program, and we bought one that was today's called Creative Suite 6. Now, it can be really overwhelming, I used it as simple as I can, and in our business, we hired someone to build the template that we use for our website for each of the variations of pages. I think we have five different templates. The idea is they all look alike. What you, the person reading our website, you can't see the difference because the different templates do certain things in the background. So you have your template, and then we simply learned how to copy and paste and put things into the cells on it, and then it would just click one button, and that puts it up on the on the site for us, and we're, we're good. Uh, I think we spent a couple hundred dollars to have someone come in and spend half a day with us and teach us enough of how software program that, well, we're more than dangerous. We're, we're able to do things. We have things we still have to farm out to somebody. They go to Bruce. But there's an awful lot of it that we can do right here easily. Um, and then you do begin, I find, to, to stumble along and learn things. Like, as Carl was saying, you know, the idea of changing the code. You know, that's real easy. I can go, I can look in the code of ours, and if I want to change the, the year, it's just simply find the 2015, backspace one, put a six in, and bingo, it'd say 2016, and three minutes later, the whole thing's all updated. Uh, I find it was a great investment to do that, just a little bit of learning how to do it instead of always being dependent upon somebody else. Yes. Um, here's, here's what a lot of websites are based on now, and, and many of your listeners probably know this, so I, I don't think I'm, I'm startling anybody with the information, but WordPress is a very common uh, program and template that's used for websites. And... Uh, you'll notice that there are a lot of uh, websites that are built on WordPress. They're, the term for them is content-managed websites. What that means is that anybody who has the login 
can get into the back end of that website and create pages, um, add text, add graphics, and just as you mentioned, Tom, there are templates for the pages. It sometimes takes a professional to kind of tweak things to get it to look the way you want it to look, but it's, it's not that difficult to manage once it's been set up properly by somebody that knows what they're doing. <clears throat> and so uh, this is a, a good solution for most small business people. And what's amazing about those WordPress sites is that they also can be uh, made into uh, e-commerce websites. They can be used for blogging. Uh, there's just a whole range of things that... Uh, a lot of small business people don't need to have the kind of content-laden website that you have, Tom, because you're providing enormous services for people on your website. But for most small business people, a good, clean design with uh, maybe seven or eight or ten pages on their website displaying uh, information about who they are and what they do would be more than sufficient for them. So it's it's not a very difficult thing to do to get a website up and get a content managed website so that you can you can do some of the maintenance work on it yourself in the future. Well, you know, you know, in a, in a minute or so, because I know we have to go to a, a little scenario here in a second. But I'd like to bring up, you know, you, you know, Carl, you talked about content in a general basis. Uh, but I, I'd like to hear your opinion, Carl, on, you know, you know, and we kind of got off tracker because we're talking about making it mobile friendly. But having said that, we're still in a groove. I just want your opinion, your read on how often should, should say people change content and what do they need to think about, you know, promoting themselves, promoting their business, for providing value and actually some educational material. So anyway... Tom, I'll let you do your thing, and I'll be quiet, but I'd like to address that when we come back. Sure thing. Fair enough. All right, so we're here at the bottom of the hour. Our guest tonight is Carl Stearns. Carl's company is KMS Marketing Solutions, and find him on the, the Internet. Look for KMS Marketing Solutions, with an S on the end, KMS Marketing Solutions, Dot com. Uh, you can call him tomorrow, 570-595-9011, or you can email him, Carl S., and it's K-A-R-L-S, at K-M-S Marketing Solutions dot com. And that's the places you find out a whole lot more about Carl. And with that being said, uh, as our, is our tradition, we take a station break at the bottom of the hour, and with that, we've uh, found a little piece of music that uh, we will say, well, this is kind of appropriate for uh, our conversation tonight about um, telephones. No news. No April 
So that's the essence of the message, that um, our telephone is becoming all the more an important manner for us to talk to our customers by blog, such as WordPress, uh, by way of newsletters, whether you use MailChimp or something like Constant Contact. And the idea that your website also needs to be designed in a manner that it's easy to look at on the phone. So our guest, Carl Stearns, is enjoying a visit tonight with Bill Kendi and I. And Bill, right before we took the break, you had a question. Would you uh, put it back in front of Carl one more time? I, I will, but, you know, Tom, I'm going to say that uh, I, you're really dating me. I haven't heard that song since Jesus Wore Sandals, and I forgot how much I liked it. Good job, uh, <laughs> Carl. What I, Carl, what I wanted to ask you is, you know, we kind of touched about you know, Tom and you, you know, address the, you know, how to, you know, what you can do to get a website up and all of that, which is neat. And then you were talking about specifically how to make a website mobile compliant. And, Tom, you just brought up a good point. I find it interesting that, yes, the telephone is becoming much more important, but I find, especially in the research and the writings I've done, that millennials don't use a telephone to talk as much as they use it to tweet, to text, and to do the stuff that, Carl, you're talking about. Now, having said all of that, when we, you know, so let's say you get it mobile friendly, you get a good website set up, blah blah blah. Now, you can't save souls in an empty church. So, you know, and you had mentioned we chatted about content, and Tom, you know, you have a lot of great content. You uh, uh, change it regularly, and Carl, I guess, from a professional's perspective, how do you, what, what few little tidbits or caveats, if you will, can you offer listeners? You know, I mean, how often do I change it? What do I look for? Obviously, you don't want to have it to be just a sales, sales, sale. You want to offer some value for readers and give them a reason to come back, correct? And then I'll show that's, that's correct. And that, that really is an excellent question because one of the things that I get asked all the time by uh, prospective clients or people that are attending my seminars is what can I do to boost my search engine rankings? And they'll go out and they'll find these gurus that want sometimes thousands of dollars to perform what they say is search engine optimization. And they may do some stuff with the coding of the website that may be beneficial. But the biggest secret to gaining better search engine rankings is fresh content on your website. Okay. I'm going to interrupt you there for a second. Cause I'm, and then I want you to continue, but before I, I want to get to this thing, Two things. When you say that, you know, like how frequent is correct frequency, number one. And at the end of all, it is how do you measure what is good and what is bad? Then take the floor, Kenneth. Carl, it's your shot. The, the correct amount of new content is actually based on the cycle that Google uses to send its spiders crawling through websites. And they're constantly searching the Internet. looking for what's new and exciting on each website. So if you have a website that is two or three years old and you've never done anything to change the content on it, the spiders arrive on your doorstep, they look around, they shrug their shoulders, and they leave. And so it it does nothing for you whatsoever. And, uh, well, actually it does something for you. What it does is it keeps pushing your rankings lower. 
Mm-hmm. So uh, every two to three months, at a minimum, there should be some fresh content on your website. And when I say fresh content, I mean text, not pictures. Although, of course, it's a very graphical type of medium, so you do want to have that. But what the spiders are looking for is text. So you have to make sure that there's fresh text content on your website. Now, that should that should cause a light bulb to flash on a lot of people. I have a light bulb, and it goes on real slow. But some people have light bulbs that go on real fast, and I'll bet there are some already blinking, because what I've just described pretty much is a blog. And if you have a blog associated with your website, then you are going to always have fresh content on there, and that gets Google very excited. Yeah, so I mean, really, you know, do you really think that two or three months is adequate, or should people think about doing it two or three weeks? Well, two or three months is is really adequate because that's about the frequency that the spiders crawl through websites. So if you get yourself on a cycle of having some fresh content every couple of months on your site, you should be fine. Now, uh, would, would more content be better? Yes, of course, because the other reason that you have a website is to be able to communicate with people. So... If people are visiting your website on a regular basis and uh, they're doing it on maybe a weekly or biweekly basis and they see nothing new appearing there, well, they lose interest. So if you have a blog and you're posting uh, some content on that blog every couple of days, uh, once or twice a week is, is okay, three or four times a week is great, and it doesn't have to be a lot of stuff, just a couple of paragraphs or a couple of sentences, a link to something that you found interesting uh, in an article or a video, and okay. you've got it nailed. Okay, now I'm going to interrupt you. Well, one thing I want to tell you things. First off, I can really appreciate your comment about a slow light bulb. It's like, it's Carl, it's like me. I have a photographic memory. The problem is I'm running out of film as I get older more and more and more. <laughs> All right, well, number, number two, though, what do, you, what do you say about frequency? Thank you for that. But, you know, you know, people have a tendency to say, okay, you know, I'm Bill's, uh, you know, dog grooming. You know, you happen to be involved in the dog industry. I mean, you write for Dog World. I write for Pet Business and Pet Isle. So let's say I have Bill's pet, pet store. The tendency is to say, okay, I have this flat dust on sale and, you know, yaddy, yaddy, yaddy. But, you know, I mean, what do you think about, you know, your editorial mix in terms of, you know, maybe I should just get people used to coming to my site to have fun and actually learn something. What do you think? People are on the Internet primarily to be entertained. Okay. I hate to say it, but that's that's you really know, what it boils down to. Um, yeah. So if you're... And, and I just I just wrote uh, in a newsletter that went out to uh, a bunch of subscribers of mine who primarily are, are going to be exhibitors at the SEMA show coming up in November. Oh, sure, the Special that, Equipment Manufacturer Association. Yep. Right. It's in Las Vegas, first week of November every year. It's the largest accessory industry show in the world, but it also happens to be the largest single gathering of small business people in the world every year. Uh, Attendance is about 130,000 people, and uh, it is an enormous show. But here's the important thing to remember, and I've told exhibitors this. When people are in your booth, 
they now have the capability of accessing your website on their smartphone, and they can actually learn more about your company while they're standing there. And if they open up their uh, smartphone, look at your website, and see a website, as we mentioned before, that's seven or eight years old, then they're not going to have a very favorable impression of you. But if your website is full of good content and they see that uh, it's got useful information, helpful tips, uh, things that are really relevant to them that they can use, now you're forming a relationship with them. So your website is not just a brochure to talk about you or to sell a product to people, but it's to share information. And that's really... Uh, what we boil all of this down to with email marketing, social media marketing, websites, smartphones, tablets, it's all used to share information. So really what we're talking about, Carl, is uh, omnichannel marketing, correct? Yes. And, you know, which brings me to a point, Tom, that, you know, an email, obviously, you know, emails are part of that. So, uh you know, Tom, we must be into the electronic mindset, you and I, because don't we have something else coming up on email? We do. Very well said. Yes. Uh, next month we're going to uh, discuss email and uh, just plain simple email, how to do it. Here's what we're, where we're at. Bill, we're going to have a great program when we get together next month. It's going to be Thursday, October 15th at 8 p.m. Eastern. And our guest coming to join us is someone from up in your neck of the woods. Our guest is Randy Dean. Randy, are you there this morning? Yeah, I'm here with you. Well, welcome to the opportunity to talk a little bit about business. And uh, I think you are bringing one awesome program to us, of which I will be the person first in line with pen and paper in hand to take notes about all that you have to say, because as I have read about all the work you've done, uh, I'm thinking I'm about the most guilty person out there. So tell our audience tonight what it is that you're going to help us get better at. Well, I, I have built an interesting little niche uh, going all over the United States, Canada, and Europe, showing people how to get their email inbox under control. Oh, I mean, like I saw that's as other than my just saying I won't look at email. You actually have a, a methodology that's going to help me. Absolutely. What I've what I've basically done is taken a look, a good hard look at how people are managing email. I look at how. They're doing some things right, but a lot of people are doing a lot of things wrong. And I sort of expose those things that are causing people to get overwhelmed and distracted and flooded by their email and instead give them strategies so they can get back to where uh, email was when it first came out. Because most people remember the day when email was actually a useful productivity tool. And what I try to do in my programs is show them some of the capabilities that they can use within the popular software programs that they're using to allow them to get back to that, where they can actually use email once again to get work done, to know what really is most important, and to be putting their focus in that place. Oh, so like maybe I don't have to be sitting here and doing work for 14 hours a day? Uh, hopefully. You know, a lot. I actually, it's actually very interesting you bring that up. I actually had one client that found the average person that attended my program was saving a little bit more than two hours per week just by adopting some of these strategies. And um, in essence, I'm just trying to get you to think about it, but here's the really interesting thing, Bill. I've been going around the country, and every time I lead this session, I ask people in my open audiences 
How many of you have had formal strategic level email training? You know what I'm hearing around the country? One to three percent. That's what I'm seeing all around the country is only one to three percent on a tool that takes many people as much as 25 to 50 percent of their work day. So they're spending two to four hours a day very commonly just managing their email inbox and yet only one to three percent have had strategic training on how to better manage it. And so what I like to do is shine the light on what people are doing and shine the light on what it is they could be doing differently to allow them to get back that productivity and efficiency. So you're saying that me and all my friends that are listening to the program on this Thursday night uh, are, and are in the 99% group, all of us, <laughs> you've got something for us. Yes, I do have something for you that may fundamentally change your relationship with your email, with your inbox, and frankly, with your work in total. Well, then at this point, I'm looking forward to putting down that six-pound ham- hammer that I've got sitting next to the keyboard, and I'm contemplating the uh, banging on it some and thinking, I'll let it sit aside for a while and wait to hear what you have to say. Yeah, I think that might be a wise choice because I think I can get you back to where you'll see your productivity a bit again. Oh, great. This sounds good. So, Bill, here's the deal. Uh, Randy Dean, he'll be with us Thursday, October 15th, 8 p.m. Eastern. And for those who'd like to go and meet Randy ahead of time, here's where they need to go looking. It's Randall, R-A-N-D-A-L-L, Dean, D-E-A-N, dot com. And you can see some videos and you can read a whole lot about what he's going to be teaching us. But definitely you want to join us for this program because Randy's going to have a lot of information. So, Randy, we thank you for the time this morning. And... We are looking forward to next month, and with that, then, as soon as the program's over tonight, I guess I can uh, get back to answering my day's email, huh? (laughs) Yeah, you can go at it. (laughs) All right, sounds good. Thank you, Randy. So that's where we're going. That's that's our program for next month. You know, I know where I'll be that night. (laughs) Well, you know, Randy wrote wrote a book called Taming the Email Beast, and... uh, and you're right, Tom. He only lives about seven or eight miles from me, and I had no clue he was. Well, it's a long story, but um, you know, when you you know, Carl, when you look at everything that you told us about, you know, this is becoming a mobile, transparent society, and uh, you know, it's it's really interesting to me. Making a quick observation, you know, Tom and Carl, and I'll shut up. And what's interesting is that. All of the concepts are old, established concepts of what you want to do from a marketing and communication basis. But what's exciting about it is that all the delivery systems and the way you do it are changing. And what's really neat about it is you get real-time feedback on what you're doing. Correct, Carl? That That's right, and I, I appreciate you saying that. And I was thinking about that fact while I was preparing for this tonight. And the fact that Tom and I talk occasionally while he's sitting in a hotel room somewhere and I'm sitting in a hotel room somewhere and he's preparing a a send-out to go to thousands of his subscribers right from his hotel room, which would have been impossible 10 years ago uh, if he had to rely on having postcards printed and getting them mailed out, uh, the, the the time lag would be enormous, but he has the ability to communicate with thousands of subscribers in just a few minutes. And, and that's uh, kind of a, a 
transition into what I wanted to talk about for the last few minutes that we're on together, and that's the use of mobile Internet uh, to broadcast a message to have your business get known. And the reason this is so important is that 51% of emails are opened on a mobile device. So we don't rely anymore on desktop computers. In fact, in some parts of the world, the desktop computer is almost non-existent. People are using smart devices. And here in the United States, 91% of American adults own a cell phone. That's amazing when you think about it. And another statistic that's really startling, I can't remember the exact numbers, but it's up in the billions, but... If you, if you were to compare the number of people that have cell phones to the number of people that have toothbrushes, there are more people that have cell phones than have toothbrushes in the world. I'll bet you there's that, more people that have radios than have cell phones. I'm sorry, the, the, the toothbrush picture is just, is just concerning me. <laughs> oh, yes. You know, the average person... The average person is looking at their phone 150 times a day. Anybody yeah. that's got a smartphone, and especially if you have teenagers, you know that to be true. But amazingly enough, I find as I'm out traveling on business and I meet with people, people are constantly looking at their cell phones. And so we can't get away from it. People rely on them. They rely on them for information. And here's yeah. the big takeaway for small business people. Mobile is driving businesses today and the ability to be seen found with a mobile device to have your message displayed on a mobile device and then actually get people to act on it is huge 75 percent of people uh, today are using their phone to get real-time location-based information that's big so if people are out looking for something, shopping for something, they're using a smartphone to get more information while they're out on the search. And what's very, very, very interesting about that is that 90% of the searches done on a mobile device cause a person to take some kind of action with the information that they've obtained. And within one hour, 70% of those people who run a local search do something with the information that they've got. That's so it's critical. I, for, yeah, like hopefully go get a toothbrush. Yeah. Well, what Carl's saying is incredibly interesting for people, especially those, you know, I, and Carl, I think, you know, we've met before and talked. I'm an old advertising guy. So, you know, I mean, that, that, that has huge ramifications in terms of media expenditures. Now, the interesting thing is, and, and Tom, we might have to have him back. I, I, I can have him back next month, but we might just have to have you back, Carl, because, you know, that leads into a whole other venue, which is incredibly important right now in terms of how to measure mobile advertising applications in terms of the bottom line, especially for small retailers and small business owners, is how many products do you sell or how much walking traffic do you get? No, I think what you're saying is very, very cool, and it's true. You're absolutely right. I mean, I, I, know, you know, like I, I look and I think, geez, uh, I think I'll call my wife and ask her to call me and let me know so I can find my cell phone. 
let's go. Let's take. We only got a couple minutes left. Let's go back and look at the aspect of the uh, the email, Carl. I mean, that's part of what got us started on this, this thing was right. the issue of of the email. And as we visited, you know, what you showed me that I needed to change on ours. Yes. Um, Email that's sent out by a service such as Constant Contact, I know there are many others. It's the one that I work with, and and I recommend it. But they're all based on HTML code. That's Hypertext Markup Language Code. It's the same code that's used in writing websites. So uh, behind that email that you get that's got a lot of nice graphics in it and colors and things is a bunch of code that's actually telling your device how to display it on the screen. It used to be that we could get away with just sending out email that had all kinds of columns in it and tables and all kinds of design elements that looked great because people were opening them on desktop computers. But because of that statistic that I just mentioned before, that 51% of people are routinely opening their email on a smart device, uh, we can't rely on it displaying properly anymore. So if they're opening that email and they have to scroll back and forth and up and down in the email because it's not displaying properly, uh, I think the statistic is that 75% of people will abandon that email because they can't read it. Uh, And that's bad. So uh, within these email marketing services such as Constant Contact, you will find mobile-friendly templates that you can use to design your emails. What is a mobile-friendly template? Basically, it's a template that has no columns in it. It's just one column. It has no tables in it. Uh, and yeah. tables are like this this code that you insert while you're designing something so that you can put like three items across, like three pictures on a line in an email. You can't do that if it's going to be mobile responsive because it won't display properly. So a mobile-friendly, mobile-responsive email template does away with all of that stuff. You can still have graphics. You can still have text. You can have hyperlinks to your website or to other things like a registration page if you're holding an event. Um, And so it's just a matter of, of kind of wrapping your arms around the idea that your email now is going to be seen differently than it used to be, and you have got to use those kinds of templates to make it perform properly for you. Hey, Carl, I want a question that's kind of, uh, uh, you know, coming from, from left field in a way. But, you know, you're talking about, uh, you know, everybody's using, you know, their cell phones, which I agree. Um, but... In terms of a small business owner, which wants to put that message out there, what is your data and your research show, Carl, that I think that most small business people think that I have to tailor this to millennials. But yet there's a whole lot of generals, there's a lot of baby boomers like me, and there's even some matures like my 87-year-old mother who looks like her cell phone. How did... Well, from a marketing perspective as an expert in the field, how do you address those questions, you know? It's not all for millennials. No, it isn't. And here is something very interesting, and I'm glad you asked that question because I've been storing up information for this conversation. And one thing that I came across, and it was in today's news after the presidential debates yesterday, 
that Twitter had an enormous amount of traffic going on during the debates. And what we see happening socially is that people are able to communicate their ideas and thoughts instantly. And the commentator that was uh, on this report made the statement that we may see for the first time in a presidential election in the United States an enormous influence being brought to bear by social media because people are able to respond immediately to things that they hear, comments that are made, answers that are given by politicians, and it shows you the power of this medium. It is extremely, extremely powerful. And, you know, that's like the huge big picture. But the important thing for small business people to realize is that this filters right down to them because all the listings on the Internet for businesses always include some kind of rating system. If you use TripAdvisor, for instance, or if you go on a website and you're buying electronics, you know that they always post all the reviews from ordinary people, and those right. become very powerful. So a small business person cannot stick their head in the sand and ignore any of this. They have to realize that they have to embrace this technology for their business sake and for their business life. Okay, I got two quick questions. First off, do they do the people that measure all this stuff have an idea how old the people are that are tweeting, you know, texting, whatever? Number one, number two. How does a small business owner, you know, combat or uh, you know? And we got to make this quick. We only have a couple minutes. Uh, a negative comment. How do they deal with that, Carl? Um, the first answer is the the commentator on this particular subject was talking about the Republican Party presidential debate. I think that uh, I'm not going to to misstate the fact that that's probably an older audience, and they're using they're using social media to influence the conversation right now. So um, it does not have to be young people. It, it is uh, actually a much older. Uh, demographic and Twitter is actually used by a much older demographic than and and your second question what was your second question real quick oh god I can't remember <laughs> when you get to be my age memory support thing you go Carl I don't remember I don't. <laughs> anyway Thomas I think you know what's really important is that certain sound that we love every uh, you know, in a minute. This is true. This is true. So it's time for us to say, uh, close it up for the evening. First, say thank you, Carl Stearns, for joining us. Uh, everyone wants to follow up. If you want to learn some more about doing things with your blog, with regards to your emails, your website, it's Carl Stearns, Carl, A-R-L-S, at KMSMarketingSolutions.com. That's K-M-S Marketing solutions.com phone is 570-595-9011 Carl for that we say thanks for joining us for the evening thank you for having me and by the way I start work at 5 a.m. so anybody that wants to call me is welcome to really when you want to talk tomorrow morning I guess yeah you, you guys know that and for that being said, it's time for the magic song, the magic music. Thanks, everybody, for being with us. We will see you next month.
It's been our pleasure to share fresh ideas and trends from premier small business owners, coaches, and resources. Join Tom Shea and guests again next month for e-retailer conversations right here on PBN, the Profitable Business Network.